Welcome to the DSM Podcast, featuring Pastor David Martin and his first installment of Torch and the Flame. Oh, y'all are excited or something, man. Welcome back to DSM, man. I'm so glad to see you guys. We are starting a brand new month, and that means we're starting a brand new series. How many of y'all were first Wednesday worship last Wednesday? Yeah. How many of y'all want to keep on doing that the first Wednesday of every month? Let me hear you. Yeah. Yeah, so good, so good. So much to share in such little time, man. But before we get anywhere, we want to welcome our first-time VIP students, our first-time visitors. DSM, welcome the VIP peeps. Yes. Of course, we want to welcome everybody listening on podcast. If you didn't know, we podcast this thing. So if you want to hear it again, if you want to relive the magic, you can go to iTunes, type in Desperation, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct, Abe? Abe is a desperation all right. And so you can download it, share it with your friends, share it with your grandmother because she'll be ministered to as well. In addition to that, we also want to welcome everybody on Facebook Live. So DSM, give some Facebook Live. Love to Facebook Live. There you go. All right. So one of the, one of the things that you just saw was it was the Pure Rebellion uh, night. And so I want to let you know what this is. This is an opportunity for you to bring your friends, your lost friends, those who maybe don't feel invitable to church. Maybe they would be interested in going to Switchback Stadium. It's going to be like a miniature desperation, basically, is what it's going to be. All right, so you, there's cards in your seats, and they look like this. This is for you to, to let you know you're invited but you also can invite three friends. And so think about who those three friends would be and say, you've got to come Saturday night. My youth pastor's preaching. There's going to be amazing worship. There's going to be amazing bands. And guys, honestly, it's going to be a night that I truly do believe is going to alter the course of history for Colorado Springs for the students in this room and in our community. So there you go. Whoop, I'm so sorry. I thought that was going to work out better than actually throwing a Chinese throwing star at someone sitting on the second row. With that said, we are starting a brand new series tonight. I'm so excited about this series. It's called Torch and the Flame. Everybody say Torch and the Flame. This is a very important series for DSM. And the reason why is this. How many of y'all were here for last month's series called Hindsight and Horizons? Let me hear you. Yeah. What a fun, great series that was. But one of the things that I said at the very beginning, it was our very first time back after summer had taking a break, and we were coming back for the school year, I said, guys, I am so full of anticipation for what God is wanting to do in Colorado Springs. Now, I know that we hear talk like that, and we go, oh, I sure hope so. No, you don't understand. I've been before the Lord. I've been fasting. I've been praying. We've been fasting. We've been praying for this whole last school year. You've been fasting and interceding and seeking God, saying, God, something has got to change in Colorado Springs. And I want to let you know, the Lord has put upon my heart that God has heard your prayers. And God is already moving on as a result of intercession, students praying, youth praying, God, what can we do? He's coming with the answer. And I want to let you know that I believe God is going to remind those who are far from him that even though they don't feel like they deserve to be loved by God, he's going to reveal his love to them. 
I really believe that there are those in this room and in this city that dreams have been crushed and God is going to restore those dreams that you think could never come back to your life. And he's going to restore the dreams of students out there who feel like they've lost all hope. I'm telling you that's happening. That's going to happen in Colorado Springs. The destinies that have been derailed, God is going to put back on track in Colorado Springs. I believe that is going to happen. Is there anybody in the room that will believe this with me? Is there anybody in here? Because while you may not know it, I'm telling you, as your pastor, I would not say this if I didn't believe it, but God is already moving in response to our prayers, in response to the cries, because he has heard the cries of the hurting. He has seen the pain of the suicidal and depressed. He has seen the addiction. He has seen the abuse. He has seen the scars. He's seen the students that are being crushed under the, the, just the weight of having to perform and be superstars. And they're crying themselves to sleep saying, I don't know how much more pressure I can take from people in my life expecting me to be perfect. He's on his way to say, you don't have to be perfect anymore. I'll be perfect for you. You see, God is moving. He's already moving. Say he's moving. That was weak. He's moving. So I want you to yell this out with me. God will move in my life. One, two, three, say it. God will move in my school. God will move in Colorado Springs. Connor, you're the loudest, and so I expect that to see that double for you, my friend. I want to see God move in your life, in your school, and in your town, my friend. Connor is a trip. So we're going to pray, and we're going to get into the night, the first installment of the Torch and Flame. We're going to talk about torches tonight. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I believe and I know that you are a God that moves. You are not a stagnant God. You are not a God that is aloof. You are not an apathetic God. You are a God that cares deeply about people. And you care about the people in this room. And you also care what they do with their lives and how they live them because it matters. And so, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that tonight, by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would take this group in this room and change the world in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to talk about the torch. Everybody say torch. So the torch, at least when I think about it, I think about like an Olympic torch. Right? I mean, how many of y'all, when you think about a torch, you kind of, okay, I could I kind of picture the Olympic torch, right? At least that's what comes to my mind when I was writing this sermon. So you got to ride this wave with me, whether or not you think it's the Olympic torch or not. But the Olympic torch, I did some research. Now, this is interesting. The Olympic torch is kind of like the symbol. And the Olympic torch, it dates back to ancient Greece, and the torch represents peace and friendship. So the torch isn't just like taken and stuck on a pole. What happens is it's put, in, it's put into the hands of chosen people. So you have, to, you have to have something going on. You have to have something special about you in order for someone to take a torch, the Olympic torch, and say, hey, you carry it for a little while. Okay? And so with that said, these chosen people, they become torch bearers. And what happens is, is being a torch bearer is obviously considered an honor. Like if you're an Olympiad, but then they say, we've chosen you to carry the Olympic torch for this next stretch. It's like a huge honor. But the thing is this, your job if you were chosen, it wasn't just to hold the torch. You had to move with the torch. You had to go from A to B. It was put in your hands. And so 
If it was put in your hands, you would take it through towns. You would take it down rivers. You would go cross country with this thing. The torch was designed to be put in the hand of someone special who was chosen to carry it to take it a distance. Okay? So get this picture in your mind. And so what would happen is the torch would then be passed on to another person. This is the torch relay, and so it ultimately makes it into the stadium, but there's this process by which the torch is carried from one person, handed off to the next, handed off to the next. You get the picture here? And so the flame, you had two jobs if you were carrying the torch. Number one, you got to keep the flame alive, because it would look really lame to run with a torch with no flame. Agreed? The second thing is you had to get it to the next person. You had to move with the torch. Everybody say move. Move, yeah, yeah. Here's a definition of move. Move means to pass from one place or position to another, to advance or progress. I bring this up because as God was just putting this on my heart and my mind for us in this very, very, very specific, very important time in our city for the teenagers of Colorado Springs, you guys and those that are out in Colorado Springs, God was saying, David, we need to talk about the torch. You see, while we serve an unmovable and unshakable God, how he moves is through his children. Okay? We say, God, we want you to move. And he's like, well, then get off your rear end. You see, we think that God is just going to, we're just hanging out. We just have these sweet times with the Lord, and that's good, right? Be still and know that I'm God. There's nothing wrong with that. But we, God, we want to we see a move in our city. We want to see a move in our schools. God, move. And he's like, I really would like to. How about you get up and actually move your feet? Open your mouth. Move your mouth. And so he, I want you to understand that he wants you, to, he wants you to get something. He wants you to get the fact that you are the one who is supposed to move. If you want to see teenage suicide go down in our town, it's us. We have to do something. We have to do something about it because we have the power of God within us. If we want to see students discover that they don't have to be perfect in order to be liked by people, how will they know? God wants to move through you. It's you. So God is unmovable. He's unshakable, but he moves in and through us. And for the last 2,000 years, generation after generation after generation, has received the torch, they've taken the torch, and they've passed the torch to the next generation. And it's now in your hands. 2,000 years worth of generations. It's now in your hands. What you gonna do with the torch? Ask your neighbor, what you gonna do with the torch? Yeah. You see, this torch, if, you, if you're not following kind of what I'm saying here, this torch is the message of good news. It's called the gospel. This torch is taken into dark places, into lives that are dark and lost. And there is no light. There's no direction. And this torch comes in, held in your hand, to bring the good news of peace and friendship and reconciliation. You hold the torch. What are you going to do with it this coming school year? If you really want to see your schools changed, if you want to see your own life changed, if you want to see your family changed, if you want to see the world changed, you've got a torch. He's put it in your hands. It's made it for all these generations. What are you going to do with the torch? So I want to let you know 
For DSM, I can't speak for any other youth ministry in this town, but I will say this coming year, if you want to be a part of God's move in this town and your schools and your teams and your homes, we have to take that torch this coming school year and make a decision tonight if we're going to move. We were designed to move. And so regardless of who you are, I already can hear the thoughts in your head going, I'm not qualified. I don't want to get asked a question I don't know the answer to. It's going to be awkward. I'm going to make it weird. Can I tell you something? That's not the question we're going to be talking about tonight. I want you to understand that by God's design, when you become a child of God, students, everyone is designed to move. Everyone is designed to move. And so I say this to the torchbearers in the room based upon the scripture that we find in Acts. Check this out. It says, and he gives us the power to live to what? To what? Move. He gives you the power to move. And to be who we are. Who are we? We are the children of God, DSM. We're not these losers, second class idiots that God just has to love because he made a promise that he's now regretting. No, you're a child of God. I got an idea. Why don't we start acting like children of God? Like if we really believe that we were children of God, like the father that we, that we call father, this God, the one who made Saturn... The one who made kittens and the one who places in a time such as this, that's an amazing father. He loves you. You're his children. We need to act like it. So say it out loud with me. I was created to move. One, two, three. Think about it. In order for you to even come into this room, you had to move. We were designed to move. Like I could do anything with my fingers. I could do all sorts of stuff. I could kill somebody. I could pick my nose. I could point at you. I could judge you. Right? I could do anything with these fingers. We were designed to move. But how we move is different for everybody. Say how I move is different for everybody. So here's the thing. Some people move slowly, but that's cool. Some people move fast, and that's fine too. Some people move one direction. Good for you. Others move a thousand different directions at the same time. That's fine too. You see, the truth is, as long as you're moving, you're growing. Like, it blew my mind. I was a dad for eight months, and my son Dave Jr., who you, many of you know, he's a stud muffin drummer, and he's just amazing. But here's the thing you may not know about Dave Jr. Some of you know this story. But he, uh, he didn't crawl like normal babies, okay? So he was around eight months old. And, and it was a little embarrassing when we would drop him off at the nursery because it's like, he doesn't crawl like normal. Like normal babies, like, ah, go, go, guy, guy. You know, that whole bit, right? But Dave, what he would do, God love him, is he had his own unique, unique way of moving and crawling. He wouldn't crawl on his hands and his knees. He just used all of his upper body strength in his arms. And so he would go. That's how he would get, like, his legs were, like, paralyzed. That's the way he was crawling. Like, someone had stabbed him in both of his legs, and they were inoperable. And so I'm like, gosh, that's such a weird way to crawl. But he was moving. But Dave Jr., he one day stopped doing that, and then he was able to stand up on his legs. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is the moment. His first steps. Doom, 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 doom. Right? And he's, and he took his first step, and then he fell and made a face plant right in the carpet. But I picked him up. I kissed him. I'm like, you, you're no longer doing the commando crawl. This is amazing. You're walking. But can I tell you, because 
even though he crawled a little bit different and he moved a little bit differently, he still got where he needed to go. So here's the thing. I think sometimes in our youth group, we, we look at other people and we look at the way that they crawl. And we go, I don't crawl like that person. I'm not that good of a crawler. So I guess they're the ones who get to carry the torch. No, everyone's designed to move. You just got to move your own way. And that's okay. I like having different types of people in this room. I don't want to see a bunch of clones that look and dress and act and talk the same way. I want it to look like real life in here. Right? And so here's my point. Everyone was designed to move and move in their own way. But here's the thing. David quickly learned, my son, how to walk. And then he learned how to run. And then he started this thing when he was about two years old. When he would get out of the bath, he would be completely naked. Bad image, I know. He would be completely naked and he would run down the hallway naked like this. <laughs> Am I kidding, right? And he would run naked, bad, naked. And he would say, he would want me to chase him. This little naked, wet baby running through, two years old. He's like, oh, you can't catch me. And it's like... This is so awkward. But I'm really glad he grew out of that because it wouldn't be as cute if he were 21 like he is now doing that. <laughs> you can't catch me, Dad. Right? Don't want to. <laughs> Here's my point. Say, Dave, what's your point? Spiritually speaking, as torchbearers, we have got to move. That's the thing. The question isn't how can you move, are you prepared to move, do you have enough skills to move, no guys, you just got to move. Are you even willing to move this year? Are you willing to move tomorrow? I hope that's true, because here's the thing, this is a spitting sermon, did you just see what just happened? Um, but here's the thing, you have got to move. It is so fake for us to come in this room and be mortified and bummed out about what's going on, but we don't do anything about it. If there's people in your life that are really hurting and we haven't brought the torch of Jesus to them, whose fault is that? God or yours? You see, the torch is a serious thing. And for 2,000 years, it's made its way through generations, some generations better than others. But it's gotten here. And I have the torch. And I've given it to some of you. It's some of you got your torch at desperation. Some of you got your torch at a young age. Your mom and dad led you to Christ, whatever way. But the torch is in your hands. And I think the problem is, is that when we see the torch in this concept, we think it's optional. But we weigh our options and we go, that's not advantageous for me. I know, actually, I've got to pursue these other things because if I make the torch the main thing in my life and share Jesus with my friends, I may get out of the crowd. I may be made fun of. I may be ostracized. I may be uh, called a loser or a Jesus freak. And David, I, don't, I can't run that kind of expense. We see the torch as a chore is the problem. We see carrying this torch and sharing Jesus with those who are hurting in our town and we see it as like, oh, I know, I know, I got to carry my torch because Dan told me I'm going to carry the torch, torch in the flames. There it is. Are you happy now? Right? That's how we treat the torch. But if you look at the picture of the Olympics, when someone was chosen, which we have been chosen by God, and they come to that person and they say, out of all the people, I want you to be the torchbearer. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you see the difference? Can you imagine this person taking the Olympic torch, this honor, 
this rare honor going, all right, it's just one more thing for me to carry, but I'll do it. All right. Freaking torch. Right? Who does that? Christians. That's who. So Jesus is talking about the torch in this passage I'm about to share with you. And he has died on the cross. He's defeated sin and the grave and the powers of hell. He's done it all for us. He's liberated us. He's given us freedom. And now he's about to go back to heaven, okay. And he's looking into the 11 faces of these disciples, these friends, his comrades. And he's coming to them saying, guys, before I leave, I need you to keep something in mind. Now bear in mind, if you've ever had to say goodbye to anybody and you know that you're going to be gone a long time, you want your words to matter, right? You're not going to be talking about what you had for lunch or what the weather's like or who's winning on your favorite sports team. No, you want them to hear the most important thing from your heart because you don't know when you're going to see them again, right? Jesus, he could say anything to these guys. He could say, be sweet to your neighbors. And I would be preaching that sermon tonight. But he didn't say that. He didn't say, now guys, there's going to be some technology coming your way. It's called Instagram. Don't get addicted. He doesn't say that either. He doesn't say, this is what he says. Jesus came and told his disciples in Matthew 28, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, look, look, say the next word out loud like you mean it. It's the words of Jesus. So say it. One, two, three, go. Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He's saying, you 11 teenagers, seriously, they're like 11 uh, teenagers and college-age guys. He's literally saying, here's the torch. I'm giving it to you. I've chosen you guys. 11 teenagers and some college guys, he takes the torch and he puts it in their hands and says, I'm out. They're now holding the torch. Do you realize if they did not take what Jesus just said seriously, we would not be in this building talking about him? We wouldn't know anything about Jesus? They would have sat the torch down and gone, no, man. Dude, I got to watch Netflix tonight. The new series is coming out. Do you see what I'm saying? They took it seriously. And he says, go. And guess what these 11 teenagers did? They moved. They started going. They knew that it was going to cost them something, but they knew that it was worth it. Because when someone is saved from despair, someone is saved from hurting themselves, when someone is saved from their addictions and they're given a new life and they have hope in their heart for the first time, they go, it's worth the cost. How can you not want to carry the honor of the torch? But somehow we believe that it's optional. You won't see that in the Bible. I'm telling you guys, I know this is a hard sermon. But here's the reality of it. I take the teenagers who are not in our church of Colorado Springs that would never even come to our church. I take them seriously. I've got a heart for those guys. Because they think that church is a bunch of phonies, a bunch of fakes, a bunch of people that's going to judge them. They hate Christians. And for good reason, many of them. Because we get so wrapped up in our own world and we're so self-centered. And all we think about is our personal relationship with Jesus and we don't care about other people. We're so narcissistic when it comes to our faith. And we go, oh, I really hate that our town is going to hell in a handbasket. But when have you taken the torch across the room, hug someone in a hall, say they matter, 
You go to that other person that doesn't run in your group of friends and you say, listen, man, I see you every day. I know this may feel awkward, but I want to let you know that Jesus loves you. And you know what they're probably going to say? Get out of my face. And guess what? It's an honor to carry the torch. Because whether it's received or not doesn't make it true or less true, right? Some of you, your faith is weak tonight. And I want to speak from experience. I want to let you know. If your faith is weak tonight and you're like, Dave, I just don't feel connected to God. I don't know what the problem is. You know what I've learned? This is a Dave nugget right here. The quickest way to grow your faith is to share your faith. I'm not even joking. As clever as that sounds, it's really true. If your faith is weak and you're struggling tonight to feel close to God, share Jesus with someone and watch what happens. It's a supernatural experience. It's, it's unbelievable. You're not only bringing the torch to the person, you're remembering what the torch is for yourself. I'm not even joking. Try it and prove me wrong. But you got to move. Jesus says go. But here's, we immediately go, but where? How far? I love you guys. I'm so glad you're here. But I can hear you all the way up on stage. So if you don't mind, just give me the respect. I'll be done in a minute, okay? So we hear this message from Jesus that he says, I want you to go. But we immediately go, okay, Lord, well then how far should I go? Where should I go? We want to know the line. We want to know the minimum. It's like, okay, I got, I got it, Dave. I'll carry the torch. But how far do I need to carry it? Jesus says, I'll answer that. He says, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So if there's any question how far Jesus wants us to take this torch, he says, just keep going. Once you've gotten there, there's more road for you to go. Isn't that cool, though? God is saying, listen, you can go all over the world with this torch if you really want to, but you don't have to. Why don't you just start with the person sitting in the desk next to you in second period? Take the torch there. That's easy, man. You don't have to go to Zimbabwe with the torch. Go to third period. You see, I love that Jesus doesn't just say go, and I love the fact that he says, not only will I give you the torch, he says, I'm going to provide the flame, and you will also have the power to be able to carry this torch, to run with it. You see Acts 17, 28, he gives us the what? He gives us the, he gives us the what? To live and to move and to be who we are. We're God's children. And so if we serve a saving God and our God is a rescuer, guess what that means? We bear the reflection of God. We're also rescuers. We need to look like a lot more like our father. And he says, I'll give you the power to move, to live, to do all that you need to do to carry this torch. And not only that, I'm not even joking, it gets better. Not only do we have the power, not only do we have the flame, not only do we have the power to move, not only are the fact that we are identified as God's children, he's not ashamed to love us, guess what? Jesus says, I'm going to go with you everywhere you go as you carry your torch. You don't have to do this by yourself. He says, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this. He sounds like Jesus being real serious. He's like, and be sure of this one thing. I'm going to be with you always, even until the end of the age. Jesus is saying, man, if you're willing to take this torch 
and take what I'm saying seriously. I'm going to walk with you. So when you walk up to your friend and your heart is racing and your mouth is dry and you've got the message of the gospel in your mouth, you've got the torch in your hands, you're like, oh, here goes nothing. Jesus is, oh, I'm right there with you. You see, I will, you never have to do this alone. And I think sometimes we think that's what we got to do. We think we have to put ourselves out there like idiots. But Jesus is saying, no, just go. When you're scared, I'm with you. When you don't know what to say, I'll give you the words. When you don't know where to go next, I'll show you where to go. You see, right now, there's a story being written about you guys in Colorado Springs. There is history that is transpiring as we speak. My question for DSM tonight, students, my core students in here, what do you want the story to be written? What do you want it to say about you in this time as a teenager? Because this moment will pass. And you will become an adult, and there will be a story written about how you responded to the pain and the lostness in this town. Do you want the story to be written where it says, and the students of DSM in the 2017 school year rose up, and they said, that's enough. That was the year that this particular group of students in this generation picked up the torches, and not only did they set this town on fire with the love of Jesus, that fire spread. And it went all over the world because one night in a series called The Torch and Flame, those the students took it seriously. Their hearts were convicted by the Holy Spirit. The adults in this room were also convicted. And we all made a decision to pick up our torches because it matters. Or it says the students of DSM in the school, of school year of 2017... They came to DSM, they lifted their hands, they worshipped, they even applauded, although you haven't done that yet. They even applauded, they said amen, they did all the right things. They talked about how they experienced the presence of God in that room. But the students of the class of 2017 at DSM heard the message of the torch, nodded in agreement, and didn't do one stinking thing about it. There's a story being written about us, guys. How do you want the story to be written? It's a very real thing. What do you want to be remembered by? You see, I don't want a story that says that a bunch of good church kids came in here and removed themselves from people who needed the torch or students that left their torches at the house or didn't do anything. Here's Here's why I say this. I found a passage, and I want you to listen to me. On, and listen, I know that, once again, this is a hard message. But this is serious to God. He put his son on the cross for this, okay? If you have the torch, there's a, there's a, there's a letter that Paul has written. And I fear that if we don't take the call of the torch tonight seriously, he may be actually writing about us in this passage. Let me share this with you. Adults too. 2 Timothy 3.2. Paul says in the last days, which I would say maybe we are, for people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful. They will be proud. They're going to scoff at God. They're going to be disobedient to their parents. And ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving. They will be unforgiving. They will slander others. They're not going to even have self-control. They will be cruel, and they're going to hate what is good. And you go, oh, that's, those are the people at my school. No, 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 no. Look at verse 5. 
They're going to act religious, though, but they will reject the power that can make them godly. Stay away from people like that, exclamation point. You see, this is a picture of people playing the role of torchbearers, but their flames are fake. This could be us if we're not aware of what's happening here tonight. The torch is not an option, it's an honor. Is there anybody in this room that is beginning to feel a little bit convicted, but at the same time inspired to reconsider how you've been choosing to live your life as someone who's been given the torch? You know that saying, what happens in Vegas? And all you are minors and you know that quote. That's so terrible. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. You know what I want to do tonight? I want to take that phrase and I want to hijack it. I want to switch it around. What I want to have happen for DSM this coming school year, I want it to say it like this. What happens in DSM doesn't stay at DSM. My point is, if God moves in here, who in here will be committed to move out there? That's my question. If God moves in here, who in here will be committed to move out there? We get our fix in here and we go back to our lives. That is enough. That's what immature Christians do. And you're better than that and so am I. Get your torch. Get it lit. And get out of here. And begin to take this torch where it belongs. Now, in the 2012 Olympics, as I did more Olympic research for you as I close, there's this dude named Zach Franklin. Nobody remembers this guy because he wasn't that good of a torch bearer. Here's what happened. It's not really his fault. But here's what happened to good old Zach. He got the torch. Someone goes, you're special. Here you go. They give Zach the torch. He's a canoeist. Do you see where this is going? He's in the canoe. He's carrying the torch. Look at me, Mo. I'm carrying the torch down the river. But he gets into the spot where there's some rapids and some waves taking place. And he starts going, oh, sure enough, big old splash right over the torch. Puts the torch out. You had one job, right? The torch is dead. The fire is gone. And I bring that up because you're sitting here and you're going, David, I'm so inspired by what you say, but I feel like my fire is out. I feel like my circumstances, the waves and the rapids of my choices, my circumstances have taken my flame away. And if I'm being honest, David, I feel like my torch is gone. It's weak. I don't have a flame. Maybe you used to be on fire for Jesus, right? Well, this canoeist, didn't know that was a word until recently, but this canoeist is in the raft holding a dead torch. What do you do? I love this part of the story. Nearby, there was this guy, and he held the mother flame. Okay? Stay with me on this. You see, the mother flame is kept in this special waterproof, windproof lantern, okay? And the keeper of the flame, what, how cool would that look on your business card? What do you do for a living? I'm a keeper of the flame, yo. Right? Isn't that amazing? But 
He's prepared. And wherever the torch goes, the keeper of the flame goes. And so he's like, all right, you've got the flame on your torch, and you're having a good time, and you're on your little canoe, but something may happen. Should it happen, and you blow it, and that flame goes out, I will be right there with the mother flame to reignite your torch. You didn't walk over with a lighter. You didn't take matches to put this torch back on. No, it had to come from the mother flame. Now, where did the mother flame come from? The mother flame came from Greece. Like Athens, Greece, that's where the flame has been kept and preserved over all this time. It's preserved and kept and it's passed on, it's passed on, passed on. So the mother flame, the original flame, has to light the torch, not a lighter. Why do I share that with you? Actually, there's a picture of the keeper of the flame right there, and he's flying with those three flames right there. The mother flame, the original fire. My point is this tonight. If your fire has been lost, I want to let you know that the Holy Spirit is the keeper of the flame. And he wants to come. And if it's been put out, he wants to come tonight and restore the flame on your torch. He has no interest in keeping that torch out. He wants to relight your torch. Why? Because it matters. We sang in the encounter. Set a fire down in my soul. Come on, that I can't contain. I want. I want. Sing it to him now. Set a fire down in my soul. Here's what I want to let you know. Tonight is the night that your flame can be restored. Okay? So I want us to turn off the lights. And what you're going to find is you're going to go, okay, Dave, I, uh, I want to carry the torch. But, Dave, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I'm kind of freaked out. But under your chairs, there's three flames that I've placed under there. Not literal flames. It's a little white book. And it looks just like this. It's called the life book. And in this book, I want you to, when you get home, if you care about learning how to carry the torch, just look in here and read through it. You don't have to read the whole thing, but get a sense of what this special book is about. Here's what this book does. It helps a lost friend in your world understand what it means to really have their fire ignited by Jesus and to understand what it means to know Christ so if you don't know how to do it and you don't know what to do, keep one for yourself if you got to. Highlight it. Learn how to manage your torch. Because tomorrow you're going to go back to school with these people who don't know Jesus. So tomorrow's the day. Don't put this off till Monday. Don't try to study this whole thing inside and out. Just get moving. God will catch up with you. Trust me. But what I want you to do is that I want you all to stand. And I want you to take these three flames that I've put under your seats. And I want you to take them and I want you to hold them up in the air. And this is a very sacred moment because this is your torch, guys. We have put the tools in your hands. And so the, as the band comes up, here's what I want you to do. I want you to now take a moment in complete silence. And I want you to think of three people that God is showing you right now that you're going to take these two and give. I want you to think of those names, okay? They matter. They're just as important as you are. Shouldn't they know about the torch too? Shouldn't they know that Jesus loves them? 
Doesn't matter what their background is, and it doesn't matter what their response is, guys. Your job is to carry the torch. That's it. Take it into darkness. What darkness does with it is up to the darkness, but the torch, take it into the darkness. At least start there. So begin to pray with me out loud. Just say, Jesus, I commit these torches, the living flame of God that is in this simple white book. God, this is my first attempt to be able to carry the torch in a new way. Forgive me for holding the torch in a way that's dishonoring to you. Forgive me for making the torch something that it's not. Help me to remember what the torch means in my life. God, give me a burden for my friends. And right now, I want you to think of those three names, and I want you to pray for those three people right now. Pray for them right now. So you can put your word down. So we've got to be willing to move. Okay? you got to be willing to move, and I think we've established that we're going to do that. Then you got to understand the, that the flame lives inside you, so all that you need, Jesus has already given you to do this. The power to move, the power to live, the power to be able to do all these things. Jesus says, I'm going to be with you. Come on, let's carry a torch tomorrow to someone's life. Right? But here's the other thing. You've got to open your mouth because that's how the flame comes out. That's how the flame is truly seen. You see, in Scripture it says, this message is very close at hand. It's on your lips. It's in your heart. And that message is the very message about faith that we preach. If you openly declare with your mouth and say, or actually declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So that's how you lead someone to discover the torch for themselves in their lives. It's not complicated. But as the, I want you to listen to this. As the Scriptures tell us, Anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew, Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. So God's not running out of fire. He's got so much fire, he's ready to give, and he's going to give it through us this coming school year. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But, everybody say but, here's your part. How can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? That makes sense. How can they believe in God if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear, and say it out loud with me, unless someone tells them? That's your job. That's how the torch is brought, through your words. Who is that someone? That someone is you. Congratulations, torchbearers. You have been given the honor of carrying the torch of God. But not everyone welcomes the good news, guys. I'm going to let you know on the front end. So if you're looking to get accepted through this, it may not happen. For Isaiah the prophet said, Lord, who has even believed our message? But here's the truth. Doesn't matter what people say, yes or no. That's not true. You don't need to worry about that. Only God can save people. You can't save anybody. But here's the reality of it. He's just saying, if you carry the torch, watch what I can do in this city. If we want to see the tide in our city changed for the teenagers in Colorado Springs, guys, Jesus used 11 raggedy teenagers and a couple of college-age guys 
there are over probably 250 of you in here. Guys, we can literally change the world with this group in here if we are willing to pick up the torch. I'm not joking. We literally can change the world and set the world on fire, but it's gonna have to start at your house. It's gonna start with that one friend. Don't think it, don't think crazy. Go to school, share Christ there. Do you see how this works? And let the flame grow. What will be written about DSM students, you guys, this year? That's gonna be up to you. And we're all waiting, we're all watching, and we're cheering you on, and this goes for me too. I love you guys. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord, for your blessings. Thank you, God, for the torch in our lives. Thank you, Lord, that you've reached down. And, Lord, someone opened up their mouth and told us about you so that our flames could be ignited. So, God, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would empower every single adult and student that is in this room to stop sitting the torch down. But, God, may we pick it up because it's an honor. Because that's all the only thing that is eternal is Jesus and Jesus within us. So, Father, may it not be said of this generation and this school year that we were the ones that had fake flames. God, if you move in here, we will move out there. Father, move within us. Restore our joy. Restore the flames. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the new faces that are going to be in this body of believers throughout the course of the school year to where we won't be able to contain them in this room because so many students picked up the torch and decided to do something about their world because it matters. Bless them, empower them, keep them, protect them. Father, I pray that they would not be able to not talk about you. I pray, Lord, that they would, the only thing that they talk about is you, Jesus, to the point of being annoying because the torch is in their hands. Bless them in Jesus' name. Amen.